Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. Show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high. You'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude. Fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise. It's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want it to be the best year ever for Beverly Nadler, Dr. Denise Nadler, a.k.a. Ariana. And we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends, our family, and loyal listeners worldwide. Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one radio show. You might be wondering why this is so. Memorable quotes, life lessons, and so much more. The Coach's Corner with tips galore. All outstanding guests that we love to feature. You will find this show to be a terrific teacher. Great authors like Ted Siuba and Bernie Siegel. Awesome leaders that soar like an eagle. Beverly Nadler with Hands to Your Health. Home business opportunities to increase your wealth. Fun impersonations and improvisations add to the show's transformation. Broadcasting live across America and around the globe with timely topics and issues to probe. The chat room is open or else you can call. Your comments are welcome. We appreciate them all. Want to change your life? Change your approach. Hire Joyce Berry to be your life coach. And we are off and running to another extraordinary show with a fabulous guest. The show is One Size Does Not Fit All. What size are you in health and anything? I just want to say that as regards to size, they don't come bigger-hearted, bigger-talented, bigger special than my friend Beverly Nadler, your health guru, my best friend. So hold on to your seatbelt and get ready for an extraordinary show. Have you ever tried anything, something a friend raved about that did nothing for you or vice versa? How interesting is that? Why does that happen? And what people, why people can be so different? Also learn the surprising health benefits of understanding and appreciating our differences. As Barbara Streisand said, how boring life would be if we were all the same. Beverly and I are the same and different. We're all of the above, and that's why our relationship has prospered for decades. So without further ado, I bring to you our best health guru, the one, the only, Beverly Nadler. <laughs> you are a delight. So the way you open each show, everyone different, a different introduction, and I always listen with glee to determine what will she say about me today. Now that was cool. Thank you so much. Uh, I love this topic also, and I think it's so important because very often uh, people are wondering, like, I don't understand. Why did this person react that way? I don't get it. And the fact is we need, we need to understand that because that understanding helps us to live much happier, healthier lives, as I'll be pointing out later in the show. There are people who travel around the world, and they claim that people are the same wherever they go. And in, in certain things that's true. Everyone wants to be loved and appreciated. We all experience pleasure and pain. 
Everyone has stress in their life, and everyone wants to be happy. Everyone has beliefs and emotions, and we all have certain body characteristics that are, belong to the human species. But we have only to look around and to see how vastly different even human bodies are. We have only to engage in a conversation or listen to TV interviews, especially subjects related to politics or religion or business or parenting, and we can see how different people's beliefs, opinions, and viewpoints are, and how different our likes and, and dislikes and, and the things that are meaningful to us are. You know, as Joyce said, have you ever uh, thought of something or had something or done something or given something or recommended something? And, and the person that you did that for responded totally differently. Maybe it's a health product or a restaurant or a movie, and you're so disappointed because your friend or your family member didn't appreciate it. And maybe you've tried something, you know, that was recommended to you or something you heard about or read about, and it had dozens of testimonials, but it didn't do a thing for you. And how about a joke? that you thought was hysterical, and you told it to someone, and they didn't even smile. Look at the enormous diversity in music, movies, TV, food, fashion. Different people like different things. And then what about allergies and reactions to drugs? Do you ever read the list of what could go wrong on the drug commercials? If anyone ever had all of those symptoms, my goodness, they'd actually be dead. <laughs> I like the examples you gave because we all encounter those often enough, no matter how close we are, what our relationship is. We're really hysterical about a joke. They didn't find it funny. We love the TV show. You have to watch this. They didn't find it interesting. So this topic I find fascinating. Pen in hand, paper in hand. Can't wait to hear more. <laughs> Thank you, Joyce, for saying that because, yeah, it's a, it's a, a huge issue, and the, the confusion that people have as to why it's like this, um, it really upsets their lives. It, it really causes a lot of pain. So we're going to talk about what are the differences, what causes these huge differences, and, in fact, what makes some people become law keepers and other people become law breakers? Why are some people so confident and successful and others who are just as or even more capable and skilled, why do they lack self-esteem? Why are we similar in some ways and yet so different? When I was presenting seminars and workshops, attendees would ask me that question. And I said, it's their programming, their conscious and subconscious conditioning. And I taught about the mind, I taught about the brain, I taught about programming, even how to change programming, but I actually didn't teach what I'm sharing on this show today, which is actually what in our life determines or creates this programming, this conditioning. And that's what I'm going to explain today. And while there are other factors than the ones I'll be talking about, these are the ones that are the major things that influence and impact upon us. And I'm not going to be saying them in a specific order. That is, and I'm not going to say this influence is more important than that influence or it's more powerful because it's different. Again, it's different for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, we're so, I, I had someone say to me once, you are so unique, just like everybody else. So I thought that was one of the fun quotes about that. You're very unique, just like everyone else. So um, the thing that fascinates me is there are people we're so tight with, we can finish their sentences, and yet those dynamics often take place where something that really works for us doesn't work for them and vice versa. So can't wait to hear your words of wisdom. Go ahead, Miss Health Guru of the Year. <laughs> well, before I describe what these differences or what causes these differences, I want to tell you that there are two specific reasons for even covering this subject. 
And one of them is, well, quite frankly, it's a fascinating subject. It's important information. And people really want to understand things, so it clears up a lot of confusion. But even more important is this. When we know and understand and can appreciate the diversity and the differences between us, we live much healthier, happier lives. And that's because we do far less criticizing and judging of other people and even of ourselves. How many times have we compared ourselves with someone else and said, why can't I do that? How come they can't and I can't? And then we feel bad about ourselves. So it's really, really important for us to have less criticism, less judgments, because we know that this is negative vibrations. It actually interferes with the whole healing process that goes on in our body when we're feeling criticism and judgment. Of course, we still have opinions and preferences, but that negative emotion that accompanies criticism and judgments would be much less when we understand and appreciate and recognize that we are different. We are born different. We are meant to be different. I agree very much with what Barbara Streisand said, and I heard her say this at one of her wonderful concerts, and just love it, how boring life would be if we were all the same. Absolutely. We don't want people to be all the same, but as much as possible, <laughs> we'd like them to be in agreement with us and on the same side as us. You're absolutely right. That's what our preference would be. And so what we need to realize that that's not going to happen all the time. And because our state of mind and our emotional state has such an impact on our physical health, we have to begin to let go because we become more tolerant, more understanding when we have the information, the things that I'm going to share with you now. So I'm ready to begin. And an undeniable major... Go ahead. No, you said I'm ready to begin. I said take it away and go for it. Okay. So, of course, an undeniable major influence is genetic. What we inherit from our parents, from our grandparents, uh, not just in in the body, you know, uh, my body frame or uh, hair color or eye color and stuff, but also temperament. And, and talents, and and sometimes, though, we may be very different from our family members, and we may say, I'm nothing like them, but the fact is there's influences that we may not even be aware of, and they may come out later on, and we say, oh, yeah, yeah, that was something like my grandpa. Hmm, I do recognize it. So there is absolutely something to be said for our inheritance, not only our inheritance from family members or from ancestors, but also we have a mass consciousness that flows through us and it takes on all the attributes of life below us. And so from the animal kingdom, there are some things that we have naturally inherited. It's part of our consciousness. And it's not generally discussed. We don't usually talk about uh, the urges and instincts that literally come from the animal kingdom. But just as during our nine months in the womb, we resemble members of the animal, our fetus resembles members of the animal kingdom, we humans inherit, literally, certain instincts and urges. And those are self-preservation, self-expression, creativity, and uh, creativity includes art as well as sex. That is both of them are part of that urge. Then there's the will to power urge, and of course we notice that in some very prominent people right now. Names shall not be given, but you know what I'm talking about. And then there's the herd urge, or it's the gregarious urge. We all have these urges, but again, they're different degrees in different people. Some people have a very strong self-preservation urge, and they don't take physical risks. 
I happen to be one of those people. I will not do some of the insane things that I see people do. I don't even do less insane things. I won't go skiing because I don't want to uh, break a leg. I, I won't do ice skating because I don't want to fall. I don't take physical risks. But when I watch some people on TV, especially America's Got Talent, some of the older shows, the things they do, the dangers they put themselves in, and they even say, this is so dangerous, I could even die. They even say that. I watch this, and, 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 and my, my mouth is saying, why? Why? Why would people do this? But I don't know. It is certainly not the self-preservation urge. Maybe it's will to power. Maybe it's their self-expression. Or maybe it's their form of creativity. How about you, Joyce, when you see these death-defying things that people do, what's your th- take on that? Good for them. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> but I must say I made one exception. I did a course with Werner Earhart called the Seven Day Course uh, via the S training. It was seven days, a course for leaders, only business owners. The rest of the people took what is known as a six-day course. But what was the same was literally going off three mountains. And I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. But I did it just to prove that I am not my mind. I am bigger than my mind. One was called the Trevolian Traverse. You're strapped into the ropes, literally, from one mountain to another. And with your hands, you put one behind your head one at a time to get to the other side. Uh, The leaders will cheer you on. They won't help you move the rope. If you're frozen, if you're scared, they'll just scream your name, cheer you on. The other is the rappel, where you literally are asked to step off the mountain backwards. And again, you're all strapped in with ropes and you rappel down. And then there's the zip line. I see that one on TV a lot, where your hands are above your head and you zip from one mountain to the other. Every time I see it, I go, I'm yelling at the screen, I did that, I did that. So the mountain course, which took place over a day, totally left me freaked out. I thought I was going to die on those mountains. But the exhilaration, the feeling of accomplishment is something that will stay with me forever. Wow, you know, you just reminded me of something. That was fascinating, some of the things that you did. I also took a course, uh, it was a warrior course with uh, another another group, Potentials. We didn't do things quite as um, what I call dangerous as you, but there was this uh, zipping thing, and there were a lot of things that I would never do in, in my regular life. But it reminded me that I've done several firewalks. Um, and that yes. not <laughs> that definitely fits in that category, absolutely. And I did yeah. that with Tony Robbins, the master so himself. So I would say that when we, people who, like us, who are generally have a stronger self-preservation urge, we let that go, possibly because we're in an environment where we can feel safe, even while part of us is terrified. But that was a very interesting point, and I really appreciate you bringing that up. The, the firewalk, I thought I was going to really be all burnt and blistered. There wasn't a mark on me, but I was terrified. But standing next to the giant Tony Robbins, I felt safe. So that was a very good example to add to the list. Yes, okay. There's other um, animal urges, as I mentioned. When I say animal urges, I mean urges that come from uh, the animal kingdom, and they become part of our consciousness, like the gregarious urge. You think of that with a herd urge, where some people must be around other people. They love to go to parties. They have to be part of a group. And there are others, and we would call them more loners. Uh, They prefer to spend more time by themselves or just with a few people here and there. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just different urges, or I should say they're all inherit the same instincts and urges, but in very, very different degrees. And and it's important uh, to recognize that this is true in people. And when we see someone who has a very strong, let's say, self-expressive urge or the creativity urge, I think people who are what we call sex addicts, um, they're just a little bit 
over overly on the creative urge, and then there are artists, same urge, just expressed differently, who the artwork is extremely, or music, and that's very, very important. And other people, it's just not a big deal. They may enjoy these things, but this is not, you know, a major thing in their life. But that is definitely part of what, where our influences come from and make us very different. Well, Beverly, this show is just so special because you're dealing with things that we're all faced with and have no understanding of. So thank you for bringing it to our attention. It's my pleasure, Joyce. I love when I can do something like that, bring something. I'm saying people don't really, this is what made me want to do this show, that people don't really understand why we're so different. And now we'll go on to another very important um, um, influence, and that is the astrological influence. And I know that there's people who don't believe in astrology, but I want to say it's not a religion. It's not a philosophy. There's a tremendous amount of accuracy in a person's chart. And it's not just in the sun sign. The, the whole chart, every planet exerts an influence upon them. Plus, there's something we call aspects, how these different planets interact, what signs they're in. There's also houses. I used to do charts, and I even did couple charts, and I can tell you that it opened up the, the eyes for the couples to see where they did not agree, why they did not, the differences because of these influence upon them, and it actually helped their relationships. I would receive messages from people, letters saying, thank you for that. It really helped our relationship. So, yeah, it's a important, and I, I am not, I don't consider myself an astrologer, but I did a tremendous amount of studying um, and a lot of books. I still have at least two or three dozen books on astrology in, in my library. And it can be very powerful um, regardless if, you know, the sun can be very powerful, but so can the other signs. And I want to say Carl Jung, um, a very respected psychiatrist, strongly believed in astrology, and also Hippocrates, the so-called father of medicine. He actually said, and I paraphrase his words, that a doctor should not call himself a doctor if he does not consider astrology. I found that absolutely fascinating. And if we think about the fact a lot of what I teach has to do with everything is vibrations, you say, well, these vibrations are so far away. Well, how about the sun, the vibrations of the sun that affect everything on this planet? And in fact, years ago, before we had all our medications, people were told, go outside in the sun to heal because of those vibrations, and we know about the moon. We know that they sometimes talk about um, when you have a, a, a new moon um, that there is a problem uh, with more more lunatics. In fact, the word lunatics came from lunar. So yes, these are very powerful effects. And I do want to say, <clears throat> we did some shows. It was on astrology and the effects on your health. We didn't talk about all of the characteristics. We mentioned some of them, but definitely there is an effect also on our health. So this is something that is a definite influence. And in fact, years ago, our judicial system must have believed in astrology because the original idea of 12 jurors came from the fact that they wanted one juror from each sign. Uh, we don't do that today, but um, obviously people did believe in it at one time. Beverly, while you're talking about vibrations, I have to say kudos to you for your book, Vibrational Harmony, a book that is so important, so timely, always timely. Go to Beverly Nadler, folks. 
N-A-D-L-E-R, BeverlyNadler.com. And in her website, you'll find out all about that book, all about the other talents and gifts that she has. You definitely want to check out BeverlyNadler.com. And there's another website while we're at it where you offer free e-books. And what is that one? That's called VibrationalHarmony.biz. And it is the business of health and healing. One of them is on managing stress, and the other one is more about the laws of the body because a lot of what's on my website has to do with the laws of the mind and also the laws of the universe. That's what vibrational harmony is about, laws of the universe uh, what, that we interact with, and if we don't know they exist, well, that also causes a lot of confusion. So, yes, thank you so much for you mentioning that, Joyce. I really appreciate it. And the book, in fact, I so loved it that I put my name to it and I wrote the foreword. Beverly will always say, you have to read the foreword. <laughs> she makes me a part of the incredible value of that book for the page that I contributed. And I don't endorse anything with my name unless I'm 1,000% behind it. So you do want to get that book. Oh, what is it? Vibrate. Okay, and that'll be in your website. Right, in beverlynadler.com, yes. Okay, yes, I great. That. A lot of information to uh, help us have a, what I'm going to say, a better, happier, healthier life, because it's basically an educational website. So thank you again, Joyce, for mentioning it. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay, so something else I want to mention is Beverly's extraordinary talent in writing poems. And I have to say I'm prejudiced, and my very favorite poem is the one I'm going to share with you all right now, and that is why you should be listening to this show every day if you want real health benefits. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we do ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and friends.com and spelled out and right on the upper left of the home page is my picture right under that if you just click on what's under it it says follow and you can join the ranks of our thousands of followers who are given notification of the show the guests the topic so you need not join us even though we like you to when we are live from 11 a.m eastern till noon we love our listeners that are here with us in the studio but you can hear our shows 24 7 if you put beverly nadler in the search bar all her shows will come up if you put a topic in the search bar such as happiness uh something like that all those shows will come up so the website is very consumer friendly uh, so I invite you to do check that out Joyce Barry and friends.com and while you're at it you can like me 
yours truly, Joyce Barry, on Facebook and Twitter, because I post the shows there as well. So those are ways to find out about our show. You don't want to miss any of them. Okay, back to you, Miss Vibrational Harmony. (laughs) Well, now we're going to talk about environment. Uh, There's an expression. Um, Are we the result of nature, which is what we've just been talking about, or nurture, how we're raised, how we live, the environment we live in, the neighborhood we live in, our family, the people that we associate with, what kind of environment physically do we live in? What about people who are born into ghettos? Yes, it's true, people do and can uh, rise above their environment, but we must agree that it's a lot easier to take on and live in a more positive way if you come from an environment that is, that is safe, an environment where there is enough money, not necessarily great wealth. In fact, we know people with great wealth who don't know what to do with it and end up killing themselves, so that's not the answer. But there is something much to be said for the effect of an environment, children who are born um, to parents who are drug addicts, for instance, or children who go from one home to another, foster homes or orphanages, they've got to have a difference in their lives and the way they see their lives and what becomes of them. And yes, again, I'm going to say people do rise above it, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot for them internally and perhaps a lot of people in their lives that were able to help them. But we need to understand that the traumatic experiences that people go through affect them. And also recognize that in some cases, unfortunately, it's not as much as we'd like it to be. There are people who have led what we call very uh, kind of despicable lives who actually do change for whatever reason. Some, Some of them study while they're in prison, they study law, they study philosophy, they, they actually be, become more spiritual. Again, it's a small number, but the fact is everyone is different, and we are to some extent, without question, a product of our environment. What's happening now with kids, especially uh, with the technology, the video games, you know, that are extremely damaging and dangerous, and the kids who are killing each other in these games and don't even realize uh, what kind of effect it has on a young mind, um, kids who are being bullied, not only in school, but on Facebook and on Twitter, and what an effect it has on them. So the way that we grow up, the experiences we have, the people in our lives who are able to help us when we're fortunate enough, and all of these things have an effect, and they, they, they mean something in people's lives. They cause something, and we can look at this, and this is why people who are therapists and such have to be more tolerant, have to be more understanding, have to be less judgmental because they recognize that what people came from uh, by birth and also environment is going to affect the way they think, the way they behave, their beliefs, the way they feel, the way they act. And how important that the environment is. There's so many other factors that come into play. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, indeed. It's every category has a multitude of sizes. And for this show, we ask you to look and see what size, where do you fit in, what change would you like to put into place, because it's never too late to start again. It's never too late to have this be the first day of your life. And so I ask the question, if not now, when? Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one worldwide internet radio show. This poem an original by yours truly is entitled, If Not Now, When? We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration. What you really need to do 
is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. What is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication? To get wealthy, it's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not now, when? So, Beverly, while you're talking about these different things, I just want to know your opinion. Can people change when they recognize something could be expanded, they could learn more and get out of their comfort zone? They can if they want to. That's number one. They have to have the desire and be willing to put in the work. You know, we've done shows on that, on how to change our programming uh, shows on, on the brain, a lot of shows on how to make things different, what to do. I write about that in my book. But I'm going to say that in some cases, and I know of some people who have tried what appears to be everything, and certain things do not change. They just don't. Now, I'm not talking about whether or not a person can be nicer or I'm talking about some characteristics within the person themselves that they judge and that they don't forgive themselves for uh, with some of their behaviors or some of the things they can't change, perhaps um, their body shape. You know, we, we were in a craze in, in this world. Um, it's not as bad now because people are beginning to be represent people of all sizes and shapes, but there are still many people who believe that they have got to be thin. They have got to lose that weight. They have got to look like this or that, and they actually believe all of these um, incredible-looking people who admit that a lot of their photos, and I'm talking about celebrities, are airbrushed. They don't even look like that. But the fact is we have people who are trying to make changes, and sometimes the changes they want to make are not possible. Sometimes the changes they want to make are not possible because of physical limitations that are normal, but also sometimes there are disabilities, and, and sometimes there natural urges and instincts that we talked about. Oh, somebody wants to become more powerful, but their will to power urge is very, very low. It's just not a great thing for them. Or, or they want to be more friendly and gregarious and go out and enjoy parties, but that's not their nature. So more about um, you can change certainly the, your behaviors, the way you treat other people. You can change a lot of your beliefs. But what I've found, and this is just what I've found, is that people have the hardest time changing things that they want to change about themselves that do not affect other people but do definitely affect them. So you're right that not everything can be changed, but there's still a lot of room to affect changes when you're focused and when you have high intentions to do so. You're so right, and that, that's it. It's the desire. that You need to have the desire to want to change. It needs to be important enough for you to want to make that shift. And then, yes, there's a lot of help. And I'm saying that we've discussed it a lot on our show. I have in my book and other, other teachings out there on how to make the changes. But people are so hard on themselves that if things don't change immediately, they say, oh, it doesn't work. And that's not necessarily true. It may take more time. So patience, um, if you really want to change, patience is an important thing. And uh, some people naturally have less patience. And, yes, you can train yourself for that. You can remind yourself. You can stop and breathe. You can do some meditation. Yes, 
there are definitely ways to change. If there weren't, just imagine this this multi-billion dollar industry that has to do with human potential, has to do with personal and spiritual growth, would be useless and worthless. And it's not. It's very, very important. And that, in fact, that I would call that a part of our environment, people who choose to read those books, who choose to take some of those seminars, who choose to do the things that can help them change, that is the nurture part. They're nurturing themselves. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Joyce, because it really is important to know that it's not, oh, well, I'm doomed. Not at all. But it's also important to know where these urges, instincts, desires, um, potentialities, talents, etc., come from. And how do you believe past lives come to pl- into play here? Well, how interesting that that was almost the next thing I wanted to say. I first want to complete the environment because I want people to also be aware that the environment in which we live, and I'm talking now about the air we breathe, the quality of food we eat, uh, the, the what we drink, um, air pollution, herbicides, pesticides, the hormones in our food, too much medication, all of this also affects our body and our brain, and therefore it affects how we feel and it affects our personality and behaviors. So it's an important thing to recognize. We're not living in a pristine environment. And some that's why some people have terrible reactions. I mean, allergies to things don't bother other people. So we need to pay attention to that part of the environment also. And, yes, um, I have a strong, I have a strong belief, and I know you do also, in the influence of past lives, even though many people think that's ridiculous, we know for a fact, and you, in fact, have had people on your show um, that talked about that, um, that we do have past lives, and they are an influence. And before I talk about that, perhaps there's something you want to say about that. No, it's just something I strongly believe in, and I strongly believe I'm communicating at this time with people who have passed. Wonderful. I mean, wonderful that you are mentioning that, uh, because in this show we talk about physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. We talk about some things that are very down-to-earth, very much a part of our human experience, and then we move further into other aspects, because we, that is, we humans are more than humans. We are also spirits. We are also souls. We are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual beings. And as such, most, if not everyone, have had past lives. We have lived before in a different physical body. In some of the books that I read, um, often they talk about dying, and they will say definitely, we, we never die. That is the essence. The physical body dies, but the physical body is compared to a suit of clothes. And in each lifetime, we take on a different suit of clothes, a different personality. The physical body, just like all things physical, has a limited physical lifetime. But the truth is that we are much more than our physical body. We're part of one creative energy that gave rise to this universe, operates it according to law, and we the true essence of who we really are will always continue on. And, in fact, if enough people realize that, there would be far less fear regarding death. There would be far less anxiety about our loved ones who, you know, our parents are going to to die. I mean, if they haven't already, um, animals that we love, they're going to die. And these things happen. We certainly wish for uh, these people never to die or to have a very peaceful demise, which is not always the case. But from everything that I've read and people I've talked to, including my neighbor next door, who had a very significant uh, past a de- a near-death experience, where she said she didn't want to come back. It was so beautiful on the other side, so vivid. In fact, she made a statement, a very interesting statement. She said, I love your paintings, mine and my daughter Denise, 
because they are so colorful. They are so full of vibrant color, and they remind me of this experience that I had on the other side where everything is vibrant and so alive. Yes, and uh, you're a, a creature of nature as well, the two of you. So I think you bring a lot of that into your specialness. Thank you for saying that. I'd like to point out, for those who don't believe in this, there's a, a psychiatrist, his name is Dr. Brian Weiss. Um, he was a very, very successful practicing in Florida, and he did not believe in reincarnation and past lives, absolutely against all principles. And, in fact, when he did believe in it, he didn't talk about it for a while. Um, and then eventually he went out and he started writing books, and he gave seminars on past lives and reincarnation and how we are influenced and affected by the lives that we've lived before. We carry this in our consciousness, and it is part of what we actually part of our inheritance, but I didn't feel moved to bring that up before. I actually wanted to save it for last, and you, Joyce, very um, cleverly or whatever, uh, psychically, um, brought it up just when I was getting ready to talk about it. And I do want to say what happened to Dr. Weiss is that he was he did a lot of regression to, to childhood with his patients in hypnosis. But one patient did not go to childhood. She went back to a past life, which he described in such detail. And not only that, in, in subsequent uh, meetings that he had with her, she began to tell him things about himself and his family and those who have passed on the other side while she was in this state. So he knew that this was real, and of course, since he knew it was real, more and more patients were coming to him, being regressed to their past lives, and uh, that's why he actually quit his practice to become an author and a speaker on this. I'm not sure of the title of his book, but you could look it up. The name again is Brian Weiss, and he probably has several books by now. And he's not the only one, but he's one of the most famous. And of course, Carl Jung, who I mentioned before regarding astrology, he believes strongly also in reincarnation. And so if we've lived before, we need to recognize that we do take some of these characteristics with us. And um, it, it may be one life that becomes more important, or it may be many lives that we bring. Uh, some of the things that make us happy or sad or different have really come because of things that happened to us, not only in this life, but in our previous lives. It is well worth consideration. And again, I want to say reincarnation is not a philosophy. It is a fact and I'm not going to say for everyone. Some people may just go to the other side and, and never come back again. But most people uh, do come back and have more than one life. I just want to share the most important tip I, I ever got about past lives. I was read by professionals who do these kind of readings. I've also had intuition about it. And when I asked one the question, how do I know if it's true you're telling me this was a past life? How do I know if it's true? And she said something that stayed with me forever. And she said, if you resonate with it, that gives it uh, credibility, if it like rings true for you, if you're feeling no connection with it, then feel free to disregard it. But if it rings true, if you resonate with it, that's a good indication that that is so for you. So that's what I want to contribute to this segment. Uh, and that's what I go by. I go, yeah, that makes sense to me, or it doesn't. And if it does, then you might want to look into it a bit more. Well said. Uh, I think it's a, it's a useful thing for people to look into. Uh, I want to mention, because I know time is uh, fleeting, it goes so fast when you're having fun. Um, and that is age. 
It's a very important factor that at different ages, we are different. Not only are our bodies different, but the things that we appreciate are different. The things we want to do are different. Our temperaments may change. Uh, Some people become milder or more mellow as they get older. They become more interested in spiritual things. They become less disturbed by the challenges of life. Other people don't age, well, I'm going to say, as well, or they might be sick, or they might be angry, but most people also, as they age, process information differently, and I'm not referring here to the dementia or Alzheimer's, which certainly is an issue um, as people age, and by the way, we have done shows on that to help people understand that this is preventable, but you have to decide to do the things that can prevent it. Uh, But it can be a factor in anyone's life, the way they process information. And so it's important to realize that, especially for people who may be listening who have elderly parents or relatives or even a a, a spouse, a, a mate that may be considerably older, that they may not have dementia or Alzheimer's, but they think differently, they feel differently, and it doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. These are the things that we go through in our life. These are the influences, and it's important, again, as I said, to recognize that. And uh, I have one more one more thing to add, uh, but I'd like to give our wonderful host an opportunity in case there's something you want to say before I add that. No, go ahead. Be my guest. Add that. Okay, and again, I want to read, but I want to add is repeating, what is the value of knowing this? It's tolerance, it's understanding, it's acceptance of ourselves, of our friends, of our family, of our parents as they age, of our coworkers, of our even political figures and religious leaders. We don't have to agree with them but we can respect their differences. Avoid people, of course, who may be harmful to you, but have less criticism, less judgment. Be more forgiving. There is a saying about not judging anyone unless you walk in their shoes. I think it's an Indian saying, and it said walk a mile in their moccasins. Our kindness and compassion makes for a better world, and the positive vibrations we have increases our own vitality, our health, our ability to heal, and our own happiness. So, yes, it is an important thing for us to recognize, appreciate, and understand and respect these differences. And also, ditto that and double and triple that on what's the same, that you feel the camaraderie, that you feel the support, that you feel the nurturing, that you feel someone's on your side. So both have its place, as you've often explained, in laws that would be the law of polarity, correct? Absolutely. It's law of polarity. And there's just, I'm going to say, a law, we don't talk about it as a, uh, a law in the sense of these uh, hermetic philosophy, but uh, diversity, this one power, this one creator that we are all expressions of, we're all part of, everything exists, the good, the bad, and we say, why is that there? It's there because our creator put it there, and there is a place Uh, not in this third dimension, but there is a place where we can actually look at all that exists and say the same thing that our creator, God, said. It's all good. So, Beverly, what message, what overall message do you want to leave our audience? And, of course, we don't conclude a show without one of your fantastic poems. (laughs) The poem actually gives the message, which is, again, to respect and appreciate and understand uh, the differences. But um, the poem actually goes into it. So, uh, all this, are we different or are we the same? Uh, there are people who say human beings are all the same. We just differ in appearance and in our name. In some ways that's true because we share a commonality. We're all part of the same one reality. Call it God, creator, spirit, or universal mind, 
one consciousness flows through all humankind. We're the same in that we all feel physical sensation and we all desire love and appreciation. Yet there are so many differences we can clearly see, differences that make up the individual you and me. Do you wonder why you are the way you are? Is it because you're born under a specific astrological sign and star? What are the many things that have an influence upon you? What determines your beliefs, how you feel, and what you do? Is it the genes we inherit from mom and dad or the environment we live in? Is it good or bad? Our answers can be revealed in an ancestral geology that we can trace. What about the impact of our culture, religion, and race? Can our personality or the way we think really be affected by foods we eat and drink? We're the product of everything I've mentioned and so much more. That's especially true when you've lived before. We all inherit powerful animal instincts and urges, and sometimes unexpected intense emotion emerges. To me, people are more different than they are the same because we all play different roles in life's complex game. When we appreciate our differences and don't criticize and judge so much, we live our lives with a gentler touch. We experience compassionate feelings that warm our heart. We realize and, I'm sorry, we relax and even improve our health as we realize we are a part of an amazing, miraculous drama called life. And though it does contain sadness and strife, much beauty and joy is also around us, and we know the spirit of love always surrounds us. Bravo, bravo, my God. Yet again, another extraordinary poem. So, folks, my question to you all, when you listen to shows like this, do you take it in? Do you learn from it? Do you grow from it? Do you find something that you can put into action? And if you have any question about where to begin, here's my advice on that. Start small and think big. Start small think big. Start small, think big. Don't go zag when you should go zig. Stay on course. You'll reach your goal when it comes from your heart, when it comes from your soul. Now take that first step. You know what's best. Don't go east when you should go west. Keep on smiling. Don't you frown. Always stay up. Never get down. You are bright. You know what's right. For sure it's no mystery to stay in positivity. The choice is yours. Time to begin. You don't want to lose. You want to win. Don't be like the one who blew it. Be the one that knows to just do it. Whatever you do, whatever your approach, get support, a mentor, a role model, a great life coach. Get out your journal, get out your pen, put in deadlines and ask yourself, if not now, when? May if I comment? Na- I must yes, comment. go ahead. You always comment on my poetry. And I want to say that that poem and the one that you shared before They are masterpieces. So I may have more poems than you, but yours are just as good as you say mine are. They're really excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And you know you actually gave people something to do in a very simple way, just to begin, like you said, start small and keep moving. Thank you for that. And thank you for your comment, because coming from you, uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning couldn't have made me feel happier, because I say you're better than her. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mike. And she's (laughs) world-renowned. So, folks, my message to you, start small, think big. And and go for it. Whatever your dreams, your goals, we want every show of ours to make a difference in your life. 
Uh, Beverly, another fantastic job. I want to leave you folks with my special prayer for all of you. May yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories and manifesting marvelous miracles. And folks, we urge you, we encourage you to go out and make someone happy today. Make yourself happy today and every day. You want to take each day like it's the last day of your life and make it really, really special. Uh, again, a warm appreciation for our extraordinary guest, Beverly Nadler. And folks, do sing along with us, dance along with us, and laugh along with us. And you could do that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mesh. Thank you. God bless you. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired. By her show, and her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again, as Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends.